I know yes, good morning to you once again. If you're just joining us, this is gospelbellsradio.com and the program is On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. My name is Olufemi Oguntokun. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi OG and you can follow Gospel Bells Radio on Twitter at Gospel Bells Radio. We are beginning this morning with the new segment we have titled Justices on Trial. Justices on Trial. And this is not unrelated to the announcement yesterday that the judgment of the Court of Appeal sitting as the Presidential Election Petition Tribunal in the petitions filed by the Liberal Party and the People's Democratic Party will be delivered tomorrow, the 6th of September 2023. We have this report. We take this from Channels TV. It says, Presidential Tribunal to deliver judgment September 6 and allows live broadcast. It says the much-anticipated verdict of the Presidential Election Petition Tribunal is expected to be delivered on Wednesday, September 6. The Court of Appeal Registrar Umar Bangari confirmed this to Channel Television on Monday, saying the proceedings will be open to live broadcast by interested television stations. And just before we move on in that report, let's first uh, co- comment on that. Uh, please, re- you will recall that that uh, at the beginning, at the commencement of proceedings before the presidential election petition tribunal, uh, many of the parties, many of the petitioners requested that the proceedings be made public, that the proceedings be broadcast live uh, on the internet and by television stations. But the the court sitting as the election tribunal, of course, within its powers, ruled against that. Uh, what the law provides generally is that courts in Nigeria must sit in public, meaning that the proceedings must be accessible uh, by members of the public, uh, not necessarily that that proceedings must be must be uh, broadcast live. Uh, but it is interesting to note uh, that while the petitioners requested at the start of the proceedings during the trial of the matter that the matter be broadcast live and the tribunal ruled against it, uh, it is interesting to note that uh, now that it is the time for the delivery of judgment, uh, the tribunal is on its own motion. We call that suo moto, uh, the Latin term for that, on its own motion without any request from the parties. Uh, the tribunal has decided now to broadcast it live well make of that what you will but again uh make let I mean, hold on to that and put it side by side with other developments in this matter that development now now we are we are understanding that today and tomorrow that the nigerian labor congress along with all its affi- affiliate union will be down in tools well they'll be down in tools for reasons Unconnected, they say, with the election petition tribunal and the judgment to be delivered. Uh, they, they have said that for from the document I, I read, number one, because of the palliatives that the federal government promised that have not been delivered, one, and because they suspect that the federal government has been meddling in the affairs of the union. For those two reasons, they have called on all workers to down tools and not to report for work today, the 5th of September, and tomorrow, the 6th of September. So, uh, is it just mere coincidence that uh, the labor unions are not going to be working today and tomorrow, and especially tomorrow when the judgment will be delivered? Is it mere coincidence that the uh, tribunal has now said that entry into the court will be so restricted 
and that any any, any person who wants to uh, to know uh, the judgment of the tribunal should just hook on uh, to television stations or internet broadcast stations. Is it just mere coincidence? And I'm going to get to another one shortly. There's another report that, in fact, the registrar of the Court of Appeal, you know, the Court of Appeal is the court that sits as the presidential election pension court uh, tribunal, that the registrar has also told staff of the court of appeal themselves not to re- not, not to uh, not to report to work so this is quite interesting that we have number one the tribunal itself suomotu on its own motion opting to broadcast live its judgment tomorrow 6th of september uh interestingly enough the same tomorrow today and tomorrow the nsc will be downing tools and in fact the nsc has written through its affiliate union, the union catering to the interest of workers in the banking sector, not for, to also uh, to join in the strike and for banks not to open. Again, uh, the registrar of the Court of Appeal are speaking to staff, asking them to stay home. I'm taking this from the cable NG. It says staff of the Court of Appeal have been asked to stay at home on Wednesday, which has been fixed for judgment in the petitions challenging President Bola Tinubu's election. Umar Bangari, chief register of the court, had earlier announced the decision of the President Election Tribunal to deliver judgment on September 6. And then he wrote, quote, in a bid to promote transparency and openness, this judgment will be televised live by interested television stations for the public to follow. Access to the court will be strictly on accreditation. Only accredited individuals, including counsel and representatives of political parties, will be granted access into the courtroom. Interested members of the public are advised to watch proceedings from their television sets. In another memo signed by Oluwaleye David on behalf of the chief registrar of the court, the staff were instructed to stay at home to create a peaceful atmosphere during the during the session. So we have all these developments coming up and surrounding uh, surrounding the the pending judgment of the presidential election petition tribunal and of course some some will say well it is to be expected this is a major judgment and of course some people may feel cheated some people may feel aggrieved and may want to cause mayhem and that well this is good i'm talking about the court of appeal asking the staff not to come but uh, that this is good it's just like it is taking proactive steps to ensure that there is no breakdown of law and order. But we are reading from the spokesperson of the president saying that Tinubu not worried about tribunal judgment. So this is quite interesting uh, that the spokesperson of the president said the president is not worried about the tribunal judgment. I would suppose uh, that anyone uh, who is a party to a matter like that would at least be, if not worried, would be concerned. Maybe worried would not be the word. In fact, worried would be the right word if uh, we're not being euphemistic about it, if we're not skirting the truth there. It would be worried, especially because this is a matter where the central the central issue is a constitutional one, uh, the one relating to whether uh, the president satisfied the requirement of the constitution requiring uh, him, requiring the winner of any presidential election in Nigeria to also win 25% of the votes in the federal capital territory. I mean, we all look forward to see how the justices will answer that question tomorrow. I came across... I came across an interesting video yesterday uh, where uh, one of the senior advocates of Nigeria in Nigeria, uh, Mr. Olisak Bakuba, made the point... 
pardon me, please, made the point that, look, this uh, judgment should be as straightforward as possible. It's a very, actually, for, for lawyers who have been following this matter, it's actually a straightforward matter, and the judgment should not last, according to Mr. Bakuba, ought not to last for, uh, for more than an hour. The only question, really, that the tribunal has to answer is whether a person who has contested election to be president in Nigeria is required by the constitution to win 25% of the votes in the federal capital territory. And this has nothing to do with whether you think that is good law or not. So when I talk to many lay people, they, they seem to say, well, why would that be special and things like that? That is not, that, that may be a consideration, but in terms of law, that is not the constitution. The constitution is, whether the constitution whether the constitution requires it and if yes whether the president satisfied that requirement it's a simple it's a very simple question uh, the other question of whether or oh, whether the constitution should should have a provision like that those are extraneous factors extraneous issues that well the country will have to uh, to to, to debate at some point in the future. The question is whether at the time the election was, was conducted, the constitution actually has that requirement. And if yes, whether the president satisfied that requirement. I think the president should be worried, really, because uh, in a previous case, the uh, the reported case of Obasanjo against Buhari, the Supreme Court had said in, in an obita Obita meaning that by way, uh, by the way, not not the main judgment in that case, but the Supreme Court then had said that anybody who would be declared president in Nigeria is required to win 25% of the vote cast in the federal capital territory. So, but we're not going to prejudge what the court will do tomorrow because, of course, uh, we look forward to the reason of the court tomorrow. Uh, but it is interesting that uh, the spokesperson for the president is saying that Tinubu is not worried about tribunal judgment. And indeed, we all know, if you have been following the news, that the president has actually jetted out to India to attend the G20 summit. He has jetted out with a number of aides and ministers and also business persons from Nigeria. So, uh, if uh, the president spokesperson, Anjuri Ingelali, is saying that the president is not worried, we also can see from the president's body language that indeed he is not worried. This report from the KBNG says, Ajiri Ngelali, spokesperson to President Bola Tinubu, says his principal is not worried about possible outcomes of the judgment of the presidential election tribunal. Speaking in an interview on Chinese television on Monday, Ngelali said Tinubu sees no need to threaten judicial officers regarding election petition. Earlier on Monday, the tribunal fixed September 6th to deliver judgment on the petition. So it is interesting that that is the take uh, of the president. But of course, I mean, even if uh, the president is worried, you would not expect uh, that to be admitted uh, in the open uh, or for Mr. Anjuri Ngelali to, to so admit it. There are many people uh, out there in Nigeria. And again, this is a lot about our institutions. It says so much about our country that there are many people, in fact, many of us in, in the country who do not suppose that the justices of the Court of Appeal, sitting at the Presidential Election Tribunal, uh, would, summon the, would summon the courage to invalidate the election, even if they truly consider that it ought to, that the election ought to be invalidated. And the fact that many people hold that view about the judiciary says a lot about our, our institutions. The fact many people hold the view that, oh, justices will never summon the courage to invalidate an election 
even if they truly feel that it ought to be invalidated from a point of law, the fact that many people feel like that, it says a lot about uh, our judiciary and many institutions in the country. And we all should we should pay attention to that. We should pay attention to that. It says so much, so much, and we should really be concerned. And of course, uh, recently, I think on Sunday, uh, former Supreme Court Justice, Justice Mary Audley, made some remarks at a social function where she mentioned that uh, people in the country, interested parties in the in the petitions before the Court of Appeal should not blackmail judges. You know, blackmail judges. And that got uh, many people talking on social media that a former justice of the, court of, of the Supreme Court, a former justice of the Supreme Court, Justice Mary Odili retired, uh, did say uh, at a social function that Interested parties in the petitions before the election tribunal should not blackmail judges. And we all can agree that choice of word about blackmailing justices uh, is, is very telling. No one, of course, should blackmail justices, nor anybody for that matter. No one should blackmail justices, nor anyone for that matter. And she said again that, well, it is natural, it is not expected that people will feel cheated uh, in an election, but that no one should threaten to bring down the roof of the house uh, because of the feeling of having been cheated and so far so good and all, all that is correct really and many people will retort and say well it is true but nobody is bringing down the roof of the of the house uh, agreed persons have gone to the tribunal to uh, to lay their complaints before the tribunal and has, has now become popular in, in Nigeria on social media, all eyes on the judiciary. I mean, I, I want to engage with the statement of uh, Justice Odili very, very briefly, retired Justice Odili very briefly. Number one, nobody should blackmail the justices. Indeed, nobody should blackmail justices, nor should anyone blackmail anybody in the country for that matter. But, but justices are... Are to rise above blackmail that that bit should be said as well and the point i want to make is that in justice or the least statement which uh, the statement which on his face well is ordinary is acceptable we find again what i think is one of the one of the major problems in this country that opinion leaders thought leaders religious leaders only always look at issues from one side of the coin and that is that is that that is that is dangerous that is that is not constructive in fact it is not helpful for the health of this nation and for the health of the institutions the critical institutions in this nation that we have religious leaders opinion molders thought leaders so-called respected voices always looking at issues from only one side of the coin so when you hear people saying look i believe people should should not uh, bring down the roof and should just accept their lot whatever be the case we also want to hear people saying that justices must see that justice is done no matter whose us is god we say in law this latin uh, latin maxim fair justicia ruat quellum let justice be done even though the heavens fall that's what the latin maxim says fair justicia ruat quellum let justice be done even though the heavens fall and we know the heavens will never fall right the heavens will never fall that's that's always the response to that latin maxim when justice is done in fact the heavens will not fall what will happen is that the heavens will rejoice 
if you remember what the uh what the bible says in in amos in amos it says well let justice i want to see if we can get to, to that part of of amos uh right now uh, where uh, it says but let justice flow like a river like a river like a river god is god is so much invested in justice in human societies that god said to his people in amos look i don't care about your your holy gatherings i don't care about your holy feast i don't care about the offerings that you think you are bringing but let justice roll on like a river righteousness like a never failing stream amos 5 24 so uh, it is it's all well and good to to hear religious leaders say look we pray for this country there'll be better days ahead uh whatever be the case we, we it is it is good to hear uh for retired justices say look respect the judiciary and whatever the judiciary decide just abide by it it is okay it is correct it is true but we want to also hear people say the other side and, and call justices call their attention to the imperative of doing justice let's not only talk about those who feel cheated let us talk about those who are cheating right let's not only talk about those who feel cheated but let's talk about those who are cheating as well and that is how to really balance uh, balance our message in this in this holy world if you don't balance the message then uh, those who don't balance the message are either being just mischievous and hypocritical or they are just ignoring the most important important aspect of what they are required to do in a society like this. Let nobody be out there and say to us that oh, there are no, we don't have anybody who cheats in elections in Nigeria. There are cheats. I'm not saying it just started. I'm not saying Nigeria is the only place where there are cheats in elections, but there are cheats, and we must talk about them. It is not acceptable to just say, "Hey, uh, let, let's accept it as it is." It's not only it's not acceptable to say, oh, respect the justices and whatever they say. It is also important to equally say, "Justices, the justices must do justice. They are called to do justice, and they must do justice." And people should be talking about that as well. It's not only important to say uh, that, "Hey, Nigeria will be will be good. Let's just keep praying." We should also be saying that, "Look, these are the things that we are not doing right. These are the wrong things. These are the unrighteous things we are doing." We should not be saying that oh, God is not happy when there is no justice. We should also be saying well, God, God is not happy when there is miscarriage of justice. We should also be saying these things. Do not be deceived. Is that not what the apostle wrote? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And this is the message Nigeria just needs to hear, right? Let's not be deceived. Uh, that well everything is going to become so beautiful El Dorado will come to Nigeria notwithstanding that we keep uh, we, we keep uh, we keep denying justice notwithstanding that we persist in unrighteousness and then we keep saying don't worry everything will be fine just keep praying no or yes <laughs> and I said no but, but now yeah, I say yes everything will be fine if we persist in prayer because God can make everything beautiful and we trust him we employ him we must continue to pray but at the same time we must not uh, we must not turn a blind eye to what is not right in our country i would suppose that what is needed right now more than more than any other thing is to have voices who are calling on the justices of the court of appeal to do justice in such a way that it will be seen to have been done 
And of course, that is not necessarily talking about whether uh, whether the election should be upturned or not, whether somebody should be declared winner or not, whether a rerun should be ordered or not. No, it is just that it is. We should accept it as right. We should accept it as proper. We should accept it as 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 in fact a civic duty for people to say things as harmless as all eyes on the judiciary. We want to put justices on their toes. Yes, it is right to do so. So we don't want people to be saying, look, don't blackmail justices. Let them do that. Well, nobody's blackmailing justices. What's going to happen to them? They just need to do their work. They just need to do justice. And it is not wrong for anybody to say that justices ought to do justice. That is what they have been called to do. And, and we, are, we are not alone in this view. Uh, thankfully, uh, there is a respected former jurist in England, Lord Denning, anybody who has studied uh, law uh, must be acquainted with Lord Denning. Lord Denning famously said, and uh, he was at one time the master of the roles uh, in the English judiciary. Some of these positions have now been uh, uh, have now been cancelled and taken over by some other titles in the English judiciary. But he, he, he was a notable jurist in in England and he delivered a number of landmark judgments that continue to be locus classicals in law today, whether in the law of contract, whether in constitutional law, or even international law, you have the footprint of Lord Denning everywhere. He was the one who said, quote, when a judge sits on a case, he himself is on trial. That was what Lord Denning said. And it was not wrong. 100% correct. When a judge sits on a case, he himself is on trial and then he continued he said if there is any misconduct on his part any bias or prejudice there is a reporter to keep an eye on him hmm, interesting that's what Lodoni said in an address before the high court journalist association on december 3 1964 i love that Lodoni, in december 3 1964 said when a judge sits on a case he himself is on trial if there is any misconduct on his part, any bias, any prejudice, there is a reporter to keep an eye on him. And that's interesting that Lord Denning said uh, there is a reporter to keep an eye on him because he was addressing uh, the Association of High Court Journalists on December 3, 1964. So Lord uh, reasoned there in that speech that, look, a judge who is on a trial should consider himself on trial as well because there is a reporter around. We must go steps beyond that. And remind the justices of the Court of Appeal in Nigeria, indeed all judges in Nigeria, indeed all judges all over the world, indeed all persons who sit and act as a judge over any matter, whether in a formal court or in any court whatsoever, that they are what they are also on trial. It is not a wrong thing to say. It is the reality. Lord Denny did say there that judges are on trial because reporters are around to report them, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe even reporters can be bought. Maybe reporters themselves can be compromised. Maybe the reporters themselves may not be interested in justice. But you know what? Ecclesiastes 12, 14. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So let justice be reminded of that, that they are also on trial as they sit over matters, not only because reporters are around, not only because uh, citizens are watching, not only because the international community is watching, not only because the judgment they write today and deliver will live on in posterity, that generations uh, to come will look at those judgments and study them and critique them, not only for all, all those reasons, but because God will bring every deed into judgment. God will bring every justice into judgment. 
God will judge every judgment delivered by any judge. And indeed, anybody saying that, anybody reminding the justice of that, is doing them a favor. Is it a favor? But you know what? Nobody is doing that. No religious leader is doing that. No senior member of the bar or bench is doing that. Why? Because now it is said to be so, something unacceptable to say. It is now viewed as blackmail. It is not blackmail. To say to judges that God will judge every judgment delivered by any judge. On the last day. So when a judge sits in a trial, he himself is on trial is on trial and, and that's our call that's our call uh, to the members of the presidential election petitions tribunal you're also on trial you're also on trial and uh, it may be the case that on that day there'll be no protest whatever be the case yes it may appear all peaceful uh, even if justice is miscarried but let him who who has ears let him hear what the spirit says what the holy book says god will bring Every deed into judgment, including every eating thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. But we should not stop there. We should also talk about those who may truly feel cheated. Who may truly feel cheated. Not even at the election, but after the judgment. Now, it is possible that a judgment will be delivered that is just. It is possible that a just judgment may be delivered and some people will still feel aggrieved. It is possible it is possible that a free and fair election may have been delivered and some people will still feel cheated and aggrieved. Now, whether a person feels cheated and aggrieved when a just judgment has been delivered or a free and fair election conducted, or whether a person feels aggrieved when injustice has been done through the mechanism of justice, or when elections have been compromised, whatever be the case, the Christian call is what? is for that person to exhaust the avenues of law and thereafter to do what? To commit to commit it all into the hands of God. To that extent, we agree with the with Justice Mary Odele that nobody should try to bring down the roof. It is futile. It is called self-help in law, which will be a wrong in itself. And from a Christian perspective, an affront to God. When a person goes all out to, to avenge himself, it's an affront to God. You are calling God an unrighteous judge. When you go all out to avenge yourself, you are calling God an unrighteous judge. That's what you are doing. You are saying that it's not true to his word. Has he not said that, that, that vengeance is mine, I will avenge? Has he not called himself the God of righteousness, that he will do justice? He will do justice. So when you take... When you take matters into your own hand, you are calling God a liar or betraying your unbelief in his avowed, avowed intent, in his avowed will to bring about justice. Uh, Senior Advocate of Nigeria, Mr. Fenfelano, also made this point, although not from a Christian point of view. He made that point recently uh, saying that, look, let people bear in mind that the judgment to be delivered by the presidential election petition tribunal is not final and indeed it's not final because it is just the judgment of the court of appeal that judgment will still be looked and sorry that judgment uh, will still be tabled before the supreme court all of that is being equal i mean in a matter like this whoever uh, whoever loses 
will be expected, all of that things being equal, to then go to the Supreme Court and ask for a review of the judgment of the uh, presidential election pensions tribunal. So to that extent, of course, Mr. Fenfelano SN is right in saying that the judgment of the tribunal is not final. So people should not lose sleep over it. Yeah, people should not lose sleep. But of course, uh, the judgment would, would uh, the decisions of the justices uh, of the tribunal members, of course, will play will play a key role in what the Supreme Court will also also decide. Uh, but from Christian perspective, we know that that while there is an avenue to appeal to the Supreme Court, we also know that there is an avenue to appeal to the to the judge of all to the judge of all. And I do pray that, and I do hope really that everyone on the law side, all Christians who are interested in this matter as citizens, are actually taking this matter to God in prayer. And we should not be people who. Who pray for outcomes in this matter? I think that's a matter where we don't pray for a specific outcome. Just pray that God's will be done. That God's will be done. And you see, God is just God is such a patient judge. Just he's such a patient judge. And you see, those who wait on him, they're never put to shame. And I do pray uh, that all the all those who feel aggrieved like in Nigeria speak out about their about their grievances. Uh, they explore all avenues of law to to air these grievances. And more than that, that they call on the God of justice himself, God of justice himself, to, to do justice. But what is more important from my own point of view is that no judge, whether the whether that person be the judge of a former court or, we, or whether that person be uh, the arbiter in any matter, whether informal or formal, no person who is an arbiter in any matter, informal or informal, should ever forget, should ever forget that he himself, as he judges, is on trial. That she herself, as she judges, is on trial. Not only because some people are watching, not only because some people will write reports on it, not only because posterity will read the judgment issued, but because there is a God who will bring, who will bring every deed into judgment, into judgment. Every judgment delivered by any judge will be judged by the God of justice. I mean, no one, I mean, no one ever forget that. Next, I want to go to this matter of this 13-year-old boy or 12-year-old boy, according to, okay, I, I find Daily Post Nigeria describes him as a 13-year-old boy. Vanguard News describes him as a 12-year-old boy. But this is the boy with the missing intestine. And the question is, how did this intestine, how did it get missing? That's the question. That will be determined. First, I take this report from Vanguard News. It says, Sonwolu, who is the governor of Lagos State, Southwest Nigeria, waits in, vows 12-year-old boy with missing intestine. We, we leave. We leave. And you see, the, the moment I read this report, again, it, it struck me as the problem with Nigeria that we only look at matters from only one side of the coin. I agree 
that this is the most important side of the coin in this matter, that this boy should live, that this boy should get uh, the best possible medical care in Nigeria? Yes. But as the question of how did this interesting got missing in the first place, the mother is alleging that the interesting was stolen by some people who conducted a medical procedure on him. I think that should be looked into. That should not be swept under the carpet. And I don't know if you have, if you have been following the story. This says, Lagos State Governor, I'm, I'm reading this from Vanguard, uh, VanguardNGR.com. It says, Lagos State Governor Baba Jide Sonwolu has assured the parents and concerned citizens over the case of a 12-year-old boy, Adebola Akinbright, missing intestines at Lagos State University Teaching Hospital, last South Ikeja. Sonwolu gave the assurance on Sunday when he visited the victim with the parents in attendance at last week, the Kedja, the governor announced that the state government would take over all the expenses for the operation to ensure the boy's life was saved. Earlier, the management of Lassus had absorbed itself of the allegation that it was culpable in the case of the 12-year-old boy's missing intestines. Recall that the boy's mother, Deborah Abiodun, had told journalists that her son's small intestines were missing. In a message to Governor Bajide Sonwolu, she begged him to, as a matter of urgency, probe the mysterious disappearance of her 12-year-old son, Adebola Akinbright's small intestines, which she claimed occurred while he was receiving treatment at Lassuth. According to her, she was thrown into confusion when surgeons at Lassuth informed her that her son's small intestines were missing after a corrective surgery was performed on him on July 14, 2023. She added that her son was referred to Lassuth from a private hospital, Obitox Medical Center, located at Ileipo in the Alimosho local government area of Lagos State on June 17, after complications from surgery to correct intestinal obstruction. But management of Lassuth subsequently came out to affirm that they did not willfully remove any organ or structure from Abiodun's body while performing the corrective surgery. The management stressed that the hospital is equipped with state-of-the-art facilities and highly knowledgeable, skilled and professional medical consultants who would never make such medical errors. And in this report from VanguardNGR.com, we have, you know, the setting out of the statement released by the by the management of the Lagos State University Teaching Hospital. And this is all good, right? So, so, so there's a denial here. Right, there's a denial here uh, by the management of Lassuit saying, well, indeed, so, um, I mean, we, we look at this statement, the statement from Lassuit is not saying the small intestines are not missing. So the mother would be correct, we should assume now, uh, in what she stated on social media, that the small intestines are missing. Now missing, Lassuit is saying, uh, we did not remove the small intestines, right? And last week, it's also saying that this boy was born with some uh, congenital um, uh, deformity uh, with a congenital condition, not saying that where she was born, he was born uh, without, without small intestines. So we have those two settled. Last week, we did not remove it. Last week, it's not saying uh, he appeared to have been born without it, but the small intestines are missing. How did they get missing? Could it be that it was removed when the surgery, when the first surgery was conducted at that private hospital uh, in a Limosho area of, of Lagos State? Could it be that it was removed at Lassus? Well, it would appear that it was removed. Nobody, nobody here is saying that it was born without it. 
And the point we're trying to make is the point we have always made on this program that we want leaders who look at issues from both sides. Again, I admit it that the most important side right now is that the boy should leave, should get the best medical care and leave. And that's what the governor has said. But I was disappointed not to hear him say that there'll be a probe, there should be a probe to determine what really happened. There should be a probe. That is important. And the reason why probes are important are not only because justice ought to be done, not only because offenders ought to be punished. And of course, remember Romans 13, it is the duty of the person in power of the government to bring offenders to justice. So probes are important not only because justice should be done, not only because uh, offenders should be punished, but so also as to uh, as to discourage reoccurrence of things like this. If truly, if truly, and we're not saying that is the case, if it, if truly it is the case that sometimes during surgeries, uh, surgeons and other uh, and other medical personnel also collude with evil people to steal human organs. If 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 I'm not saying if. If that is the case, shouldn't that be alarming? Shouldn't that get the attention of, of everybody in government, every citizen in Nigeria? Shouldn't we all be alarmed and say, look, we want to get to the root of this matter and we want, uh, we want, uh, we want justice done? So I was delighted to also read uh, this headline, again from Vanguard NGR, saying, boys missing in tests and Lagos Assembly begins probe. And that is what we expect. That's something we did not get from... Uh, from Governor Sowoluwu should, uh, I think, have, have thought in that line and should have asked for the probe as well. But it is good that it's coming. Now, Lagos State House of Assembly, I'm reading from Vanguard again. Lagos State House of Assembly has set an ad hoc committee to probe the alleged missing small intestine of a 13-year-old master Dibola at Lagos State University Hospital last Ikeja. The House, however, commended Governor Sonwolu for visiting the patient and footing all the medical bills on behalf of the state government. Speaker of the House, Mudashiro Basa, during the plenary yesterday, described the governor's action as a reflection that the government was responsive and caring. He said, quote, okay, we have to leave all that. Yeah, we agree. The government is responsive and caring. But let's go to this paragraph. It says, Obasa, however said it was important to have a system in place to ensure a structure that curtails any challenge that affects institutions in the state, adding that it was therefore necessary to get to the root of the problem. I agree. So this is the Speaker of the Legal State House of Assembly saying that it is necessary to get to the root of the problem uh, because there must be some structure in, the, in, the, in, the, in their institutions. So I, I suppose that this is uh, uh, a probe from the Legal State Assembly beginning from the premise that this could have happened at last suit. And I do pray that that's not the case because it will really be shocking if that happens to be the case. And again, this is, a, this is another situation where we must pray for men of courage, men of courage in our institutions, men of courage who will say, hmm, we are going to, we are going to have a probe and, and, and we are going to follow it to its logical conclusion. And what happens in many of these cases is that even if a probe is conducted and it appears that 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 the probe uh, would lead some powerful people then you have people stepping back but i do hope that nobody wants to cover this up i do hope that everybody is interested at least in investigating it right 
And it is one to say, uh, even if you are not, but yeah, this investigate. I hope everybody can see the the need to investigate it. Okay, that, maybe that's the point. I hope everybody can see the need to investigate a matter like this. That is not one of the things we should sweep under the carpet. Again, the point we made uh, in the first story we engaged with this morning, if a nation is not interested in righteousness, if a nation is not interested in justice, we are just, we are just deceiving ourselves. God is not mocked. A man, a nation will reap whatever it sows. So if you are not people who are interested in doing right, if you are not interested in justice, doing justice, if you are not interested in calling government people to account, if you are not interested in telling uh, government people, uh, government officials, that they have a duty to do right, if you are not interested in calling out unrighteousness, if you are not interested in probing, uh, in probing possible criminal actions, we are just kidding ourselves when we kneel down to pray. And I do hope you agree with me on this. And next, I want to play this clip. This is going to another story now. And this is a story that uh, that really everybody should think about. Uh, now, this is a clip from former President Donald Trump, former President of, of, uh, of, of the United States, Donald Trump. Now, you know that uh, for many people out there in the culture, Donald Trump is either the most hated person in the U.S. or the most loved person in the U.S. He's running again to be president. Uh, the last opinion poll shows that he's running uh, neck and neck in the opinion polls with with President uh, with President Biden, of course, he's struggling with a lot of legal matters that many people consider to be politically orchestrated. But he's still a very popular person in the United States. So, in the opinion post, he's running neck and neck. But I don't want to go into those issues. I don't know whether you are a Trump hater or a Trump lover, or whether you are just an objective person who looks at uh, issues from uh, from their merit. But I wanted to listen to this. This is something that Donald Trump said about his brother, his late brother Fred. He once had a brother, and I had, I had heard that story before, but I sent it out yesterday, and there are some people who were just hearing it for the first time, but just something to, to reflect on. Uh, nobody would believe that, okay, no, let me not even just prejudge but I wanted to listen to this. Uh, Trump talking about his brother, his elder brother, Fred. Okay. Best personality. I'm going to play it again. Just listen carefully, please. Much better than mine. But he had a... I had a brother, Fred. Great guy. Best looking guy. Best personality. Much better than mine. But he had a problem. He had a problem with alcohol. And he would tell me, don't drink. Don't drink. He was substantially older, and I listened to him, and I respected. But he would constantly tell me, don't drink. He'd also add, don't smoke, but he would say it over and over and over again. And to this day, I've never had a drink, and I have no longing for it. I have no interest in it. To this day, I've never had a cigarette. I had somebody that guided me, and he had a very, very, very tough life because of alcohol, believe me. Very, very tough, tough life. I learned because of Fred. I learned. The fact is, if we can teach young people, and people generally, not to start it's really really easy not to take him i had a brother fred great guy i hope you have that if you can teach people from very early age in life not to start not to start not to start on that destructive path i mean and there's so many things to uh, to engage with with this uh, with with this audio clip 
uh, President Trump, uh, talking about his, uh, his elder brother, Fred. I've heard that story before, who, whose life was destroyed by alcohol. He was an alcoholic, and that destroyed him uh, in the end. But Donald Trump said uh, his brother, while struggling with alcoholism, would say to him, don't drink. Don't drink. And first, I, I, I listened to that, and I said to myself, that must be a fantastic guy, really, uh, Fred, the, 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 the brother uh, to Donald Trump. And I said, fantastic. What did he say that, uh, well, he lived a great life because, well, he got his life destroyed by alcohol. But, you know, uh, it, it takes some form of honor, uh, if I may use that expression, for somebody who has discovered himself in the grip of a destructive habit to say to others, don't do what I'm doing. Don't follow in my footsteps. What we have in the culture nowadays is that we have people who are in the grip of, of, of destructive habit, of sinful habits, who are saying to other people, oh, come join us, come join us. Some people, when they have been destroyed by their own foolishness, they want others to join them in that folly and to get destroyed as well. So I'll give Fred a pass mark of sorts in that while he was being destroyed by alcohol and he struggled against it and could not get himself off of that addiction, he did say to his brother, don't drink, don't drink. And Donald Trump, everybody knows, those who know him, that he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke. And he say, he has said that, well, he doesn't do that because of what he saw, what he saw alcohol do to his brother his brother and you see people we have different uh coping mechanisms we have different reactions to substances and alcohol is a chemical substance as well uh, so uh, this is a warning to to anyone to anyone out there uh, if you see if you say a sin or any other addiction doing destruction on any other person all that you will learn from it and then this point from from this uh from this clip where Donald trump said the most important thing is that to tell young people early early not to do this thing because if you never do it uh, then you won't have to now struggle with uh, with with getting away from the grip of of addiction and is that not is that not what the only book teaches so is that not what the uh, what Moses said to the people of Israel that from an early age you keep telling your children drumming it into their ears and saying hey 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 sin is destructive and i do hope that uh, we hear that the the secular culture needs to hear this that we should be calling attention to dangers more more than more, i mean more than just speaking uh, and talking uh, in, in terms of of things that would just empty nonsense, empty assurances. That's not all we need. Yes, we need assurances that all will be well. Yes, we need to tell people, yeah, be be yourself. You do you. Be yourself. Uh, be okay and follow your own path. Follow your own heart. Do this and that. But we also should be people who issue warnings. And that's how the how balanced the Bible is. You, you open your Bible, you either open to assurances or you open to warnings. And if we are going to discharge our duties effectively as well if we are going to discharge our duties faithfully as well as witnesses to the gospel of christ we must be issuing both warnings and assurances both of them as uh, they constitute the gospel the gospel of christ thank you so very much for staying with us this morning on gospelbellsradio.com for on the lord's side christian perspectives on news and current events whatever you do today please remain firmly on the lord's side god bless you god bless you very good You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you.